Hello, hello. Welcome back to my Big Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Tina Kay. Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Where do I even begin? Because I missed last week. Did I miss two weeks in a row? I can't remember. Um, And I've expressed over and over again that I never wanted to miss a week. I did. However, the reasons I missed episodes is because I was working on my room. So um, if you didn't know, I do have a beauty room. I'm very grateful. I mean, that's very privileged and luxurious. Maybe if you have a beauty room, you wouldn't look at it like that. But listen to me. There's, you know, it's amazing to have one. Um, And I use it as like, um, kind of like a closet makeup place, office. (laughs) It's pretty big, so I could do all these things. And now that I'm so passionate about my podcast, I'm trying to update it so that way I could use it as a podcast studio. Also, my mom brought me a huge storage bin with, she kept all of my things from when I was born to being in grade school, like everything she could keep, she did keep. I had that in my room. So my room is just a mess from Christmas, from New Year's, from cleaning out. And I just wanted to take care of all that. Now, the reason there's no video today is because these types of things I feel like take longer than you plan them to take, right? Because obviously it's not the only thing I have to do. There's other things I have to do. So you kind of get it done when you can. If I could focus and get it done all in one day, I would, you know, but I still have other shit to do. So I was just working on my room because I want the footage to look really nice. I want to paint it. I want to get a new microphone, all these different things. So that's why I miss it. I wasn't just like, oh, I don't feel like it. (laughs) Also, oh, let's go over the drinks. Hold on. I'm drinking something new. I have the same Starbucks cup. I promise this episode will be interesting. Just, you know, the the beginning's a little bit boring. I'm drinking the spiced chai concentrate from Trader Joe's. I went yesterday and I kept seeing on TikTok that it's so good. It was viral. So, you know, before I go to Joe's, I look on TikTok to see like what the good reviews are because they have way too much and it's so packed on a Sunday. I went yesterday. Today's Monday that I make a little list before I go in. I love an iced chai tea latte from Starbucks, but I was never, I tried to make it at home, but I could never make it good. So I had to pick this up. It is so, you have to like cinnamon though. It is so fucking good. I'm obsessed with it. I'm going to take a sip sip now. It is so incredible. If you like cinnamon, if you like chai, definitely get it. I mix it with almond milk and ice. You're supposed to do two parts milk or water because it's a concentrate and one part of the spice chai concentrate. I also have seltzer, but I'm mostly sipping on the spice chai. Okay, let's get into what this episode is going to be about. Oh my God, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I'm out of practice. I feel like I don't even know how to do this. So I'm just doing audio today because my schedule, oh, 
Ooh, I just hit my mic. My schedule got fucked up and I didn't want to miss another week because I am really excited for this episode. And, you know, I, like I said, not every episode is going to have video just because of scheduling. And I am a one man show, a one woman show. So until I have, I guess, a staff or a team or whatever, I don't want to say staff because it's really like teamwork. Until I have a team, I can't be consistent with video because it takes way longer. When you when I do video, it kind of takes me a full day and half of a day. So a full day and a half to edit it, right? And especially if I want clips, if I want it to look professional, if I want to do a really good job, it takes a full day and a half. Plus recording. And recording takes a full day with a video because you have to kind of get, I guess you don't have to get glam, but you know me. You have to get glam. You have to make sure you're not going to be interrupted. You have to make sure it's recording right. It's focused. You know, there's all these logistics to it. And um, I'm also learning as I go because it's very different working with just audio. Anyway, today's episode is going to be about, obviously, we're going to cover some hot topics because there's just been so many things in the last week and um, the new year. I also want to go over my 2023 predictions because I fucking love this. I love reading other people's predictions and I love at the end of the year when you can go through and see what was right. I kind of like that. You let me know if that's boring, but I like it and I already have a list of predictions. Um, What else? New Year's resolutions, just all the New Year's things. I love New Year's things. Is it cliche and dumb? Am I a basic ass bitch? I don't know. But I really like it. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. But first, it's hot topics. Then we'll get into the New Year's things. Because I have some thought. I have some thoughts on the hot topics that I don't know if it's going to be popular or not. But you know, I'm opinionated, so I'm going to give my opinion anyway. One, we are in Mercury. Mercury is in retrograde. That's another thing. My fucking laptop was acting up this morning because I have rollers in. Initially, I was going to do video and just like, okay, whatever. It's not going to look perfect. But my fucking laptop was being an asshole. And that that's when I was like, okay, some things you can't force. If so, a lot of, I assumed a lot of people knew what Mercury and retrograde means, which is dumb of me to assume. But basically it means, so Mercury is a planet that controls communication. Um... Some people don't believe in astrology or that our lives have nothing to do with the planets. Personally, I believe in it heavily. I just think it would be very strange for us to be on this floating rock of a planet and the stars and the other planets have nothing to do with it. Like, that's just weird to me. It doesn't make any sense for it to not. Like, that's like, you think we just exist here as extra? Like, we're not like... (laughs) We're not just extra, like everything goes together. Everything's connected. That's how it makes sense in my head. Um, the other the other thing is like, there's too many coincidences for me. Do you know what I mean? Like I notice a lot of patterns. I think it's part of my neurodivergency, but I notice patterns. And to me, this is what makes the most sense just because there's too many things like the moon controls the tides and come on. We're connected to the fucking planets. If you don't agree, I respect that as well. So anyway, I believe in that we're connected to the planets and the stars and all of that. And from what I know, Mercury in, 
in retrograde just means communication retro <laughs> something okay i'm not explaining this right from what i know it messes up communication and it also brings forth what needs to be dealt with right so it's not that it causes problems it brings problems that were already brewing to the surface it just it just like if you already had something you wanted to deal with right it's just going to bring it to the surface. It doesn't mean like all of a sudden, oh my God, this is shocking information. No, usually the stuff that comes up during retrograde are things that you kind of thought might be happening. And now here, here it is and you have to deal with it. So retrograde is kind of a good thing, even though other stuff, it's just annoying because you know you don't want to deal with the negative shit, but it forces you to deal with it as well as it messing up technology. I don't know why I never Googled why, or maybe I did and I just forgot, but usually it breaks appliances. Technology will be fucked up for no reason. You'll start to, maybe after I tell you this, you'll start to notice that during retrograde, when Mercury is in retrograde, stupid shit will happen with your phone, your electronics, your appliances. And then when it's over, they all go back to normal without fixing it. Like no explanation. So my laptop was being a fucking asshole this morning. Not shocking because Mercury is in retrograde. The other thing is um, when it comes to astrology, I don't buy into the monthly astrology readings. I don't buy into this year is going to be so good for Aries. No, I don't buy into all that just because it's way too, like that's too vague. Okay. I believe in if you go get an astrology reading from someone who has been reputable for years, who also has the gift of a sixth sense, a light worker, a medium, a psychic. I believe in that. I think you can get an astrology reading that's very specific. But as far as the overall vague fucking monthly readings that people put on the internet or it used to be in magazines and the newspaper, I don't believe in that. It just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because we all have different risings. We all have different moon signs. We all have different planets in different places and it just doesn't add up like it's contradictory because if you look up your star chart your sign your chart of the signs you have to put in it depends on the location and the time in which you were born so I'm a cancer you're a cancer but I was born at 11 30 at night and you you were born at 6 30 in the morning right it's like it's too vague obviously some things are going to align <laughs> like you might read your monthly horoscope and you're like, oh my God, that's so me. But it's so, it's too vague. And then it's also, I believe what you think about, you bring about. I'm a huge believer in words or spells and what you focus on, you can kind of bring to fruition. Maybe not completely specifically. Like if you're every day, you're like, I'm going to win the lotto. You might not, or maybe you'll win like $5 on a scratch off. I don't believe it could be super specific, but I do believe in words being spells, especially if your intention is so adamant on it. So if you truly believe in like a monthly horoscope and then you're thinking about that for the whole month, I do believe you can cause those things to happen, right? So that's my opinion on Mercury and retrograde. So Mercury isn't retrograde. So keep an eye out for things that you need to address 
your electronics not working, your appliances not working, and best of luck to us all. We also just had a full moon in Cancer, and I did my whole moon water. I did my affirmations. I did my release and burning of the paper. I did all that type of work. And I felt so good afterwards. I didn't have an emote. That here's the other thing. Everybody's like, "Oh, full moon and cancer. Are you crying? Are you crying?" This was on Friday, I think. No, the fuck, I wasn't, bitch. <laughs> I don't believe that cancers are super emotional. I think cancer moons are super emotional, but I think Pisces are way more emotional than a cancer. I think they're the real crybabies. All the cancer sun signs that I know barely cry, and they're super guarded. Cancer moons, however, they're a little bit more... I know a lot of cancer moons for some reason. I know like more than five. Um, They're a little bit more, I don't want to say dramatic, but just a little bit like more complainy. And cancer suns are not. They're more guarded with how they feel. So I don't know what the whole like, are you crying because it's a full moon in cancer? No. I felt great <laughs> during the full moon in cancer. Okay, this is boring. Let's move on to um, the fucking Harry interview. So Prince Harry did an interview with 60 Minutes, Anderson Cooper. And um, it's sparking a lot of opinions about, oh my God, they keep talking. Why are they talking so much? I thought you wanted to leave the royal family. So why do you keep talking about it? People are so fucking rude about this couple speaking up about their poor experience being in the royal administration. I usually shy away from talking about the royals at all. Oh, I need to hold on. Ew, did you just hear me gulp? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm out of practice. Oh, my God. Okay, I, I don't like to talk about the royals just because... The Royals following is so intense. Their fan base is so intense. It's like they come for you, right? So I might talk about it on the pod, but I typically don't make clips to put it on Instagram just because like, you know, they're intense. But this crosses over into American media and it's causing a lot of controversy and kind of the opinions I just I just don't agree with it I think people are being really fucking rude and I think they're forgetting okay so they're contradicting themselves at the same time because we know that Harry and Meghan left the the royal administration they no longer want to work with them they no longer want to be a representative of the royal family they just they don't want to be there right they felt unsafe they had to go And they came here and people are like, well, why do they keep talking about it? Okay, listen, they left the royal family, right? They can't get jobs. Where are they going to work? Megan can't go back to work. If she does, I would be surprised. But I would think that producers and Hollywood would be scared to hire her because of the royal family. The royal family is extremely powerful. And I think that they put out messaging that makes it like they're not as powerful as they are, but they are. Like they're extremely powerful. So I would guess that it's difficult for them to get jobs and also also remain safe. It's more than just like uh, directors and producers or 
networking companies being scared to hire Megan. It's also that it would cost so much to hire her due to insurance. So when you hire actors, you need insurance on them and security. You need security. She's not just a right. She's not from Suits anymore. That, that, that chapter's over. She's now Princess Megan. Like, it is so much more intense. And like I said, the royal following is so intense. Her safety is in jeopardy at all times. At all times. She can't slip up. Those Nobody around those babies can slip up. They have to be extremely careful. And security is extremely expensive. Okay? So keep those two things in mind. So I could imagine that networks are like, yeah, but it's not about paying Megan. It's about how fucking much is security going to be? And is it going to put the other actors in danger? Are other actors even going to want to fucking work with her? Right? There's so much that goes into it now because of this, that they kind of can't go back to doing jobs that they want to do. I'm sure she does want to work. I'm sure she's trying. I'm sure she does want to go back to something like Suits or... I'm sure she wants to, but even when she was still on Suits, it was becoming really difficult for her to work and be with Harry. So I'm sure these things are like, that's why, like, she can't just get a job. That's just, that chapter is done. She can't, they can't just go back to work. It's too dangerous. So how the fuck are they going to get, make money? Interviews, books, documentaries, series about themselves where journalists aren't as scared to work with controversial people and they don't need insurance. They could write a book, put it out and make profit from that. They can film a documentary, put it out, make profit from that. They could do an interview, make money from that. And they're going to have to keep doing this because they also have to pay for security. It's not just bills. They need to live somewhere that's a little bit more guarded. So they have to live in a gated community They also need to have their own surveillance. They can't just live in a gated community. That's not enough. They have to live, they have to have, I'm sure they have some type of security up. I'm sure they have the best internet security, meaning VPN blocks and things to make sure people can't like hack their iClouds and shit. They probably have the best camera. They don't have no fucking Alexa fucking ring camera. They probably have the best, like, we probably don't even know what it is. I don't know what the best cameras in the world are, but they probably have those. They probably have someone maybe not all day, but maybe they have someone that guards their house at night. Do you know what I'm saying? They need all that. I don't think that they can, it would be shocking to me if they just go out and about shopping without somebody nearby that you see or don't see. I think they have somebody nearby. And I think all of this is probably very costly. It's extremely expensive to have 24-7 security. Like, I think Kim Kardashian has even said that her security costs around 100000 a month. Because you have to pay these people salary. On top of salary in California, they need health insurance. Like, you need all these types of things to have 24-7 guarded security. How are they going to pay for that? How are they going to pay for that? They put themselves at risk. I mean, maybe down the line, as the time passes, they'll fade out and new things will come up where where they'll need less security. But I think for the next five or six years, they'll need pretty high security. And they also need money. 
And it's like, well, maybe they can, maybe if they stop doing interviews, they can kind of fade out and won't need as much security, but they still need money to feed themselves. They need money to put the kids in school. They have to think about the security of the kids while they're in school. Harry had secret service up until they cut him off, which is insane to me. I think that is so, it's like a specific form of abuse. And to me, that's crazy. Because he had no choice but to be a royal when he was born. Everything that happened to him is not his fault. He just wanted to get out of it safely and protect his wife. He saw where it was going. And to, what, get him back for for sticking up for himself? You're going to rip his security away? I think he should have been able to leave the administration, fade out quietly, while also having security keep him safe. Because it is, because it is not his fault what is happening to him. And as far as in America, we can't provide him security or secret service because he is not ours. He's not an American citizen. I don't know if he is now, but he's not an American citizen. Megan is, but she's not, she was never a president. She's not a president's child. We, um, America typically provides secret service to the people who work for the government, who work for the country. Now, as I don't know if they low-key have Secret Service, maybe our administration was like, okay, this will cause a national security issue, so maybe they do have something. I'm not sure, but if they do, we probably won't know about it because it's taxpayer money. Think about that. If you're in California or if you pay federal tax, how would you feel if your tax money that you fucking go to work for your fucking salary, while you're not living in luxury, is going to the fucking royals living over in Calabasas. Like, I think the fuck not. Um, No, that would piss me the fuck off, okay? Because, again, they don't do anything for us. They don't contribute to our communities. They don't contribute to our government. They don't make any changes here. They're for a different fucking country. They should offer them security. So I believe that the whole narrative of like, well, why do they keep talking? They must need money. Yeah, they fucking do. They got royally fucked. <laughs> no pun intended. No, all puns intended. They got fucked. And I think they should keep doing interviews. I think they should fucking take every single, I hope I see more. I think they should take every single fucking penny that they can, invest it wisely, maybe um, get to work on something Maybe they're trying get to work on something private where they won't have to be public as much anymore, but can still have a sustainable income where they can just live their lives safely and raise their kids and hopefully keep their kids safe because everything that's happening to them security wise is not their fault. It's not. And you can't convince me otherwise. And I think people who are like "Mm," really fucking nasty about it, look inward because have some credit... Oh my God, my motto for 2023, have some critical thinking skills, okay? Think a little deeper than than confirmation bias or think a little deeper than scrolling too much because I feel like a lot of people's opinions is just based on scrolling too much and reading other people's think pieces or listening to other people's opinions and then they're like, yeah, totally. Instead of critically thinking and being like, hold on, I think I would have to do all of those interviews too if I needed needed to pay for my own security after being in the royal family, knowing that the people who follow the royals are next level. 
okay? I'm sure they have to disarm and disengage stalkers all the time, way more than it's talked about. Like, just look look up how it is on the internet when you talk about the royals. People get really passionate fast, okay? So I, th- I, I hate hearing that. I hate when people are like, mm, they must need money. Yeah, duh. I mean, also, did you see that Harry said on the, in the, I didn't watch the whole interview yet, yet. I watched a couple of clips. He said that for a while he didn't accept that Princess Diana was dead. <gasps> That's awful. I really feel for them. Because they're not just Nepo babies. They're not just people that came from wealth. Everything was against their will. Like they, he, his mother died so young. As he was trying to get through it, his own brother was being a fucking pain in the ass and being a dick. He finally fell in love with somebody. They treat her like shit. I mean, as famous as he is, it's probably fucking miserable. He doesn't have a fun fame. Like it's not fun. That doesn't seem fun to me. He does not look like he's having a good time. It doesn't look like he's he was ever having a good time. This is not typical fame. Anyway, I want to go back and watch the entire interview. Um, What else? Oh, Alex Earl. Have you guys been following Alex Earl? The gorgeous little tiny blonde who is blowing up on TikTok. Now, at first she was just, she was kind of reaching uh, notoriety. She was like at 500,000, I think, in November, she quick, or even in December, she quickly got to, I don't even, she should be like at a million now. Let me check. Alex Earl on TikTok. It's not Alex. Oh shit. Hold on. It's not Alex A-L-E-X. It's Alex A-L-I-X. Hold on. Alex Earl. Okay. She's now at 3.6 million followers. Every single one of her fucking videos gets between one and eight million views. That is crazy. That's crazy. She's like when Charlie D'Amelio and Dixie D'Amelio first blew up on TikTok early 2020. This is like happening all over again, except she's not really brand friendly. And there's so many think pieces about her. Again, she's another one where there's so many polarizing opinions because she is a skinny, tiny, rich, blonde, young college girl. And it's like, oh my God, look, typical, another another famous skinny blonde who's like 12 years old. I understand both sides of it because a lot of the controversy is, of course, another white blonde is re- reaching sudden fame while there's other creators who don't fit that beauty standard who have been working for years trying to reach that level of fame and notoriety and brand deals. And of course, they don't get noticed. Listen, I'm going to give you my opinion. You might not agree. I'm an influencer. (laughs) Okay. I've been doing it for years. My videos do not have a million views. I'm like, I'm a, I'm technically a failed influencer. I did not do a good job. I wasn't consistent and I just didn't have it. Like I just didn't, I just, I'm not an Alex Earl, right? Like, and there's so many people who, who can say the same thing. 
And for some reason, she just fucking popped off and nobody knows why. There's different theories. Because she's white, because she's rich, because TikTok um, pushed her in front of people. And while all those might be true, I did notice um, something as well. Now, in addition to me being an influencer, I am a... um, There's so many different terms. Influencer, content creator, social media manager. I've been working in social media for a long time. So in addition to you guys seeing me post pictures, I've done a lot of stuff on the back end, right? Part of these jobs are noticing trends. That's like the number one talent you need to have in order to even be a social media person. Whether you're an influencer in front of the camera or you're a a manager behind the camera posting and organizing and writing down your idea list. Like you have to be on top of the trends. It's very similar to being in music and and, um, movies and some type like the talent world being a talent-based job, except when it comes to social media apps, you have to be above the trends. Like you have to be one step ahead at all time, at all times in order to maintain your internet fame. Some people have it naturally. Let me explain. The reason I think Alex is reaching this level of fame so quickly is because her, okay, I think there's layers to it. One, she grew up rich. Her dad is very wealthy. Two, she's aware of it. She's not just pushing it in front of you because she's aware of it and she thinks she's better than you. She has a very specific personality trait for someone so beautiful and so privileged. Usually the beautiful and privileged, well, not I don't want to say usually, but from what we've noticed over the years, the beautiful and priv- privileged can be kind of cunty, right? Mean girls, like, come on. The, be- the girls who grew up gorgeous, skinny, beautiful, peaked in high school, they can be kind of cunts, okay? Especially by the time they're adults, they're kind of cunty. Like, they they are. Not every single one, but they are. We all know. We all know. When As I say that, you're thinking of someone, right? And it might have been you. Maybe you used to be that way. I'm sure I've had a chapter of being fucking cunty because I thought I was that bitch. Like, it happens. Now, she doesn't give that. Maybe it's just what she shows on social media. Maybe there are people who know her in real life who would who would offer an opposite opinion. But from what we see by her videos, what I'm noticing is that she's very chill. <laughs> she's very fucking chill for being super rich, super gorgeous, in my opinion tiny. She's got pretty privilege. She's got skinny privilege. She's got tiny privilege because she's not tall. She's like skinny, tiny. Oh, that's a whole other chapter. There's pretty privilege, but then there's skinny, tiny privilege. I'm just so tiny. (laughs) I'm just so little. Like I'm just, I'm just tiny. You know, those girls, skinny, tiny privilege, rich privilege. She's like a Nepo baby in her own community. Um, Blonde privilege, blue eye privilege, like she's, oh, fake booby privilege. She's got all that, right? 
she's got the recipe for being like she could be the cuntiest little Barbie you ever met. However, she's very chill very chill. She's not shy. She's not, she also doesn't seem very new to this. Like she don't seem new as in like, she's kind of stumbling on what she should do next. Or she doesn't seem new where it's like hitting her out of nowhere. And now she's buying a Chanel bag every week. And like, she don't know how to ask because now she's a celebrity. She's not giving that either. She's giving like, this is who I am. I'm not new to this. And I'm not about to act funky. This is what I'm thinking in my head. Like, if I'm going to give, like, if I was Alex for a second, here's, here's my personality. <laughs> I'm not about to act like that bitch because I've been that bitch, but it's not, you know, do you, have you ever been friends with anyone like that? I have. Um, I've had friends like that. They were rich. They were gorgeous, skinny, but also so fucking nice. So fucking nice. And I'm I did not come for money. <laughs> no shade to my, no shade to my mom, but I did not come for money. Okay. I've always fluctuated in weight. I didn't always have my boobs on. I didn't always have my teeth done. I wasn't always the, pre- like, come on. And they were still nice to me. They always included me. Like I've had really nice experiences with girls that remind me of Alex Earl. And I think she's one of those people. Do you know what I'm talking about? I hope you do. I hope it doesn't just sound like I'm really fucking stupid, but that's my opinion. I think that she's just so chill that it feels safe. Like she is the rich friend that's like, oh, just come with me. Don't worry about it. Or like she's the friend that even though she's fucking gorgeous, if you're not as beautiful as her, in your own opinion, I don't mean like she's not prettier than you. That's not how I mean. I mean like, you know how it is. Young teens, 20s, if she's the prettier friend, but the guy is being fucking rude to you, she gives me the sense of like where she's going to tell him the fuck off. Like she's not going to treat you different because you're not her, right? That's that's what I'm seeing based on the way she speaks, based on what she shows, based on how she shares her opinion. Now, this is a total read, right? Like I could just be making up this fantasy in my head. However, like I told you earlier in the episode, part of my personal neurodivergency is I notice patterns all the time. It's just the way that I think. I notice patterns first. I notice this pattern where I've known girls like her. She gives me that same vibe. Again, we have no idea if that's true. We're never going to know more than the 60 seconds she shares with us on her TikTok. But it's little things that I notice where she gives me that energy. She's not scared to dance silly. She's not scared to show her disgusting toilet bowl. She's not scared to show the fucking drinks collecting mold. She don't give a fuck. She's not scared to dress um, more masculine in baggy clothes. She don't give a fuck. She's not doing every single thing for the male gaze. It looks like to me, she's doing things for Alex. She also doesn't flaunt the wealth. And if she does, there's like a fine line because you could probably look at her. This is like a whole episode unpacking Alex. (laughs) This is going to be a long episode. I haven't been, we haven't spoken a long time. We have a lot to talk about. Um, I promise I'll move on soon. She, okay. I'm saying she doesn't flaunt her wealth and you're probably like, bitch, she was posting in a helicopter. She was posting on her dad's yacht. Listen, and I've personally, um, oh God, I'm going to make myself sound like a fucking cunt. I don't show a lot, right? And if you know me personally in real life, 
you would know 100%. I don't show a lot at all. I don't flaunt anything. And if there's anything I posted that's a little bit flauntatious, it's because it's just, I'm, I still have to be an influencer. So how do I hide every single detail of my life? I believe it's the same. Maybe I'm just identifying with her, but I believe with her, it's like, what is she supposed to do? Not show anything, but now she's growing in TikTok fame and she's getting brand deals and she's developing this marketing career for herself at a young age. She's not going to, she can't stop now. It would be stupid. So she has to show parts of her life, but parts of her life are going to show her wealth. She, she's a wealthy person. Her dad is really fucking rich. And now she's creating her own money and she's going to be doing wealthy things. So when does it become like, okay, don't show anything, don't flaunt your wealth versus I can't not show my life, which is like part of um, what I've debated. I've spoken about this with my boyfriend a million times. Like I'll post something and he'll be like, um, <laughs> he'll make fun of me and be like, oh, you're trying to show off? And I would get upset because I'm like, I'm ne- I would never want to give that. I never want to give that. I never, there's nothing. I'm, I'm, I was a poor kid. Okay. I had nothing for a very long time. I worked four jobs up until 2020. Like I, that is never what I'm trying to give, but it's like, when do I, when is it like, okay, I'm keeping way too much private for being someone who wants to be on social media someone who does have a following, like it's like when the worlds collide, you kind of have no choice. However, I think there's a tone of how you can go about it. And I think she does that. She's not the typical Miami girl who's posting her fucking Louis Vuitton haul on her Instagram story. She gives me like, no, she's got real wealth. Like this is not new to her. And she knows what's tasteful and what's she has no choice because it's actually her life. Like she would not post her Christmas haul. And I thought that was so, I thought that was really, really smart and mature of her because Christmas haul posting is, um, again, it's like, I'm just identifying with her and like, but you just want to talk about yourself. <laughs> Christmas haul posting is something I've never contributed to either because I do think it's tasteless and it's a huge trend. It was always a trend on Instagram. It was always a trend on YouTube, and now it's a trend on TikTok. And I do think it's fun. I'm a curious person. I love seeing what people get. I love hauls. I love seeing favorites. I'm like an old school YouTube person. I love the, like, what did you buy? Show me everything you bought. But there is a, there's a fine line between it's fun to watch and holy fucking shit. Like, (laughs) so you're telling me I didn't get shit for Christmas. Like, it's like, there's a fine line where I think, um, it's just tasteless. I mean, nobody owes a shit, right? If she wants to post her Christmas haul, she could post her Christmas haul. Like, she's entitled to do that. That's her life. She doesn't need to water herself down to make everybody else comfortable. But it's like, come on. And she wouldn't post it. Everybody was commenting on her videos, where's your Christmas haul, over and over again. And she finally commented back and said, I just don't think it's right to post it. I'm really grateful, but I'm I'm not going to be posting that. I agree with that. I've never personally shared anything I've got over the years. I've never shared. If I did, it was probably like small, cute things, but I've never shared um, the big things. I think the one big thing I shared 
was my 30th birthday gift, but I shared that in a yearly recap, my 2021, right? Yeah, I think in my 2021 yearly recap, I showed what I got for my 30th birthday, but that was more of like, it's included, it was like a big part of my year. It wasn't like, guys, look, <laughs> look at this. Oh my God. I shared it with my friends privately just because I, it was like a dream, you know, when you're, when you're so happy about something, you want the people you love to know, like, it's like your initial reaction. Oh my God, look, 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 look what happened to me. But as far as like, I wasn't about to put that on social media. Come on. And that's not, listen, I'm not saying my 38th birthday was like the most luxurious. No, it's nothing compared to Alex Earl. However, some things are fucking tasteless and she's aware of it. She's fully aware of that. And I love that about her. And I think these things go into why she has this grow in numbers. The other thing is all of these think pieces about why this is not right and why she's, why it's fucked up and TikTok should, it's TikTok's fault. They're pushing her because she's white in front of everybody. Listen, the more you talk about her, good or bad, think piece or not, the more you're pushing her name in front of your followers. Because the way that TikTok algorithm works is when, once you like something, your, um, your for you scroll, like your for you page, will have more of what you liked, more of what you saved, more of what you commented, more of what you searched, more of what you sent to your friends, more of what you're texting your friends, more of what you're Googling, more of what you're liking on Instagram, whatever it is, it's more. So if you don't like something, say you're talking shit about her on your TikTok, you're just going to get more videos of her. You're just going to get more videos. You're going to get more people talking about her. It just multiplies so fast. Good or bad, it's going to multiply so fast because that's how the algorithm works. That's my theory. I think both can exist at once. I do think there's probably some type of bias or some type of what TikTok likes and what they don't like. On top, It was like a perfect storm of what TikTok likes and doesn't like plus what naturally happens with the TikTok algorithm. So I think there's like, with the way algorithms work, I think TikTok's database, like their little engineers are sitting there and they, I think they do type things in. I think they do type in like suppress curvy girls, suppress black creators, suppress. I think they have something like that. I do. On top of their natural or um, algorithm that they already developed that they barely even have to check into that multiplies things. I think both happen at the same time. And this is why she reaches astronomical numbers on top of her natural way of being very chill about her privilege. She's not, she's not very like, some people compared to Paris Hilton and I kind of understood that like Paris Hilton has never been, has she? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Paris Hilton has never been like bitchy. She's never been like, I'm better than you. She's always just been in her own lane, not denying her privilege, but just in her own lane. Like she was born into wealth. What the fuck is she going to do? 
but she never pushed it on where she was like, I'm better than you. Like she just did her own thing. She likes everything pink. She likes everything girly. She stayed in her own lane, no matter what the fucking trends are. And there's something very likable about that. There's something very, very likable about a gorgeous person, a gorgeous woman, especially a tiny blonde, who no matter what is sticking to her own shit. She's doing her own shit. She's not in tiny dresses. She's not in the sexiest clothes. She's just doing what she wants to do and sharing it. And she's pretty funny. She's silly. She looks like she's a really good friend. I mean, again, I'm just, I have no fucking idea if this is true, (laughs) but I think this is why she's reaching this level of views and followership because it's like things multiply with internet fame. It's just how it is. It's like a virus. Like, okay, she's reaching all these numbers. Now people are wondering, well, why is she reaching all these numbers? Let's go watch her videos. Oh, wow. She's so cute. Oh my God. She's kind of funny. Oh my God. Did you see her fucking nasty bathroom? Like this shit multiplies. If it, If she wasn't interesting, if she wasn't down to earth, if she wasn't kind of silly, people would look at her page and be like, oh, whatever, and not follow her. But she has something that's gaining their viewership and gaining the followers and keeping them. Even her fucking Instagram blew up. A lot of TikTokers do not translate over to Instagram because Instagram is a different thing. But that's how much people like her once they find her, that they even go to Instagram and follow her pictures when it's all the same shit on her TikTok. So there's something there. It, I think half of it is her and half of it is the way that internet and algorithm, <clears throat> excuse me, and algorithms work. Okay. Let me know what you think because I want to know if you guys agree with me or if I'm just full of shit. <laughs> What's the next hot topic? Oh, okay. This is more... Um. I'm going to get into Idol 4, but before it gets dark, I just want to like finish up the lighthearted stuff. Morphe. So this is more about the beauty industry. I'm guessing some of you do know about the beauty industry just because a lot of you come from my beauty influencer career. Oh, excuse me. I like need a drink. Hold on. Um, okay, Morphe closed down all their stores. They didn't give their employees much notice. I think one of the employees went on TikTok and she said she only had a four days notice. That typically happens when stores close down, by the way. They typically do not tell employees until the day of. I'm not sure why. I think it's because they're scared everyone will quit or steal stuff. Like there's so much that goes into that, but a lot of places. I've even been let go from a job the day they were closing the office. (laughs) Like one of my jobs in the past was not doing as well. They couldn't keep their employees and they let everyone go. And I found out the day of, like we were all so fucked up about it. It was like the last, we showed up not knowing it was the last day of our office being like, We showed up not knowing it was the last day we were all going to work together. And we found out that day. Um, A lot of places do this. It's very unfortunate. It's a good reminder to always have, you know, some form of a second income. If you can, obviously, you know, if you have kids and stuff, it's hard with time. But if you can have two incomes, two to three incomes, 
You should. Do not rely on one source of income. That's insane. Um, anyway, they close down all their stores and everyone's asking, you know, wondering, is Morphe over? I don't think they're over. I think they'll always have an online store. I think they'll always be in Ulta. Maybe they'll go straight to just being in Ulta or just the two. But they closed down all their stores. And to me, it's like, yeah, duh. Like, I can't even believe they opened up all those stores. NYX used to have, I don't know if NYX closed down their stores, but NYX had their own brick and mortar stores up as well. And I thought that was crazy too. I I don't know if they closed down, but there was, I used to be a NYX global ambassador and I had to do like meet and greets and stuff and go to different store locations. I've been to the one in California. I've been to the one I in Union Square, Union Square is it called? Yes, Union Square 14th. I've been to the one in, what mall is that in Long Island? It's like deep in Long Island. Whatever one is in Long Island, I've been to the one in Brooklyn. That one was so fun. Um, And even then I was like, why do they have entire stores? Like, But I don't think they were in Ulta at the time. And people really loved Nick's at the time. Morphe tried to copy that same thing, except they did it. Like, I don't know if it was right before the pandemic or during the pandemic. It just seemed like a dumb decision. And it just seemed like you're doing that too fast. Like (laughs) they did it during a boom of the beauty industry. And it's like, if you have any common sense, you would know that obviously the whole influencer bubble of the beauty industry was going to burst. Uh, Like, obviously. So why would you open up all these stores? They don't sell enough to open up all these stores. And part of the luxury is ordering it online at affordable prices. And then they opened up all these stores and had to employ all these employees. Like, I just felt like that was a dumb idea from the beginning. So I'm not shocked that they're closing. I don't think they'll have an online sale. Maybe they'll have, I know a lot of the stores had like 90% off and everything sold. I wish I would have caught one, but I don't think we have a Morphe store near us. I'm in Staten Island. I don't think there's a Morphe store over here. But things were like 90% off, a dollar or less. So everything sold, meaning they probably won't have an overstock to have a sale online. And even if you go to their website now, there's no sale. I think they'll do fine with online sales. If anything, I think this probably boosted online sales because people were unclear about, are they still going to be around? Are they going under completely? I don't think they're going under completely. I think they'll either go, they'll they'll either sell only in Ulta or, yeah, I think they'll sell only in Ulta. As far as overstock, they might have some that was planned to ship to the stores. So you might see a lot in TJ Maxx in the next couple of months, but I think they'll catch up. I mean, it's unfortunate that, because that's a lot of people that lost their jobs. That's a lot of fucking people. Um, I don't know what they'll do next, but that's a lot of people that lost their jobs. But I think a lot of direct-to-consumer brands like Morphe, anyone that has a brick-and-mortar store for no reason, I think will go under because it's just, they're not offering anything special that, like, if you buy Morphe from Ulta, right, the Ulta reward system is incredible. So why wouldn't you use Ulta to buy Morphe versus going to the Morphe store? Like, why why would you not do that? So I think more brands, I don't know how many brands have a freestanding store, but I think more of them will go under as well because it just doesn't make sense to be in both. 
Now, if they were exclusive and didn't go to Ulta, I think they would have done better. But being in Ulta and also having your own store is just like, why would you do that? And I know they offered like exclusive items and on their website, but it's like there's so much makeup. Anything exclusive at this point is not going to sell. Like there's no point in being exclusive. Even all the trending shit you see on TikTok, that is not as big as you think it is. If you're a person who is into buying trending thing, trending things on TikTok, it's going to seem like that's all everyone is doing. But that's really not the case. People aren't spending... The people who are spending for no reason have the money to do so or they're privileged or they live at home like they have some type of privilege where they're able to do that. But the reality of the economy is people are not spending more than they should. Like people who live by themselves, people who pay their own bills, people who have kids, they're not spending more than they should. They're not. So I think we'll see we'll start seeing a lot of brands slow down with new releases. A lot of brands have products that are out of stock and not restocking as quickly. Um, And a lot of freestanding brands closing down and going into more department style stores like Ulta, Sephora, um, Macy's and and places like that. I don't think, I think we'll see a rise again in like um, just online and department style stores and like TJ Maxx and stuff like that versus freestanding locations. Okay, what else? Oh, the Jeffree Star tweets, a lot of you guys sent it to me. I think I reposted it and was like, this is, this is not, <laughs> this is not a fact. <laughs> he is lying. I don't believe him for a second. I think this is his way of trying to sell a new palette that he'll come out with or he's doing something. I do not think this is not, oh my God, Cher just ran to the door. I must be getting a package. I don't think this is like, this is actually happening and he has some conspiracy and and things to tell. I don't know if he's writing a book, but this is a lineup for something. This is not he to me. He's not telling the truth. I really don't believe that. I don't think I don't think the Illuminati was like Jeffree Star. Join us like, pull, oh, my God, fucking please. Um, And I don't think he's going under. I saw a lot of comments saying that they think he's broke now. I don't think he's broke. I think he's just a greedy person or a a money motivated person or just a business person who's never going to stop. A lot of people who have a lot of wealth, they don't get to the wealth and then they're like, "Okay, I'm good here. That doesn't happen. And that's why you see a lot of people keep going. Right. Like, that's why you'll see a Jeffree Star. Like, why is he still making makeup if he has the farm and he lives in people who have money aren't just going to stop just because they have millions of dollars. I think he's doing just fine. (laughs) I think his makeup still sells. And I think you don't see people talking about it because they're scared to talk about it. But his shit still sells. If he releases a new product with or without the tweets, it'll sell. I think he's doing just fine. But he just, he probably likes the fame. He likes being in the tabloids. He likes being in media. And I think that's what he wants. He probably misses it. He has some quiet time in Wyoming. And now he probably wants to be back and doing stuff. I don't think he sold his house because he's going broke. I think he sold it because he realized it's a big fucking waste and he's smart with his money. And I think it was exactly what he said, because I remember following this and he said he originally bought the huge house because he thought he would have a partner and possibly a bigger family and more pets and stuff. And his partner left him, that guy, Nathan. 
And I think he was lonely. I think he had too many scandals and realized that it's lonely, okay? Having a huge house and being the only one in it is, that's not the flex people think it is. Like, it's not, it's a lot of work to maintain a huge house, like tons of work. And it's all a waste, especially if you're one person with just a bunch of little Pomeranians. Like, they don't need a lot of fucking room. He could get a regular size house or a regular size penthouse and it'd be much easier. That huge house he had in, in, where was it, in Calabasas? Big fucking waste. Big waste, big waste to renovate, big waste to provide security for, big waste to maintain. Like, I don't even want to know what the fucking electric bill was on that house. It's just a big waste of money. And I think he had big dreams for it and realized that it's stupid. I don't think it's more than that. I think he's a very electric person. So people want it to be like, people hate him. So they want it to be like, oh, look, he's going broke. He's not going broke. He's not going broke anytime soon because he has money in things that he'll never admit to. He has money put away in the fucking Bahamas or something. He's got money, okay? I think he misses fame. I think he... My Alexa just made a noise. I have that new Echo Show 15. I know. <laughs> I got sidetracked so easily. I have the, it makes like a noise, I think, when I get deliveries. Anyway, um, I think that's what it is. I don't think he's going under either. And I think these tweets are just his way of trying to get some traction because he's coming out with something. I don't fucking know. What else? The next hot topic I had listed here was Chloe by Tristan Side because Tristan's mom suddenly passed away. And now I feel like that's so boring. Obviously, she was by his side. It's, I don't think they're getting back together. She was by Lamar's side when he fucking OD'd and almost died. This is the type of woman that she is. I don't think it's more than that. The other hot top, these are boring. So I'm just going through them quick. Uh, Kylie and Travis broke up. Dumas posted a blind um, of someone saying they haven't been the same since Thanksgiving and they've always been on and off, but due to the the most recent cheating scandal, she's fully done. And I feel like that was obvious. She's very clearly breakup skinny. So is Stassi, by the way. I'm just gonna okay. So is Stassi. Um I think she's aware of all the rumors. I think she's very aware. And I think that her and Stassi posting again. I think that her and Stassi not posting and then all of a sudden posting again. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think Stassi was also looking breakup skinny and now they both look very happy. That's all I'm going to say. And we can move on. <laughs> um, okay, before I get into the 2023 New Year predictions and all, the Idaho Four. First of all, rest in peace to those four victims. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this is for two things. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a huge conversation about how people are way too overly obsessed with true crime and it's like not healthy. I have to agree. I think that it does borderline on unhealthy because people were kind of demanding answers before they even knew everything. And it's like, again, critical thinking skills. The police is not going to put out all the information that they have because if they catch someone, which they did, 
that someone can use that in their defense. Or if that someone is watching the media, which he was, he can, he can know, okay, oh, they're looking here. Let me go there. Like, duh, they can't fucking show everything just to appease the public. So basically, they caught Brian Koberger. He hasn't been fully sentenced yet, but they're pretty sure by DNA. Hold on my computer. Hold on. They're pretty sure by DNA that this is the killer based on the information they collected, based on DNA and his behavior. And they weren't sharing this information initially because they were tailing him. So Brian Koberger, who they believe to be the murderer here for the Idaho Four, lived very close to these people that he murdered. He then had his dad come get him and him and his dad drove his car, the white Elantra, back to Pennsylvania, which is a road trip. And once he was back in Pennsylvania, the FBI followed him the entire way. They stalked out the house. They watched him detail clean the car. So not just cleaning the car, a detail is they'll literally take out filters and linings and they'll remove pieces of the car to properly clean it and then put it back. Sometimes they even take the rims off or the wheels off. Like this is a detailed clean. They stated that they watched him detail clean his car and then throw out the trash at four in the morning into the neighbor's bin. Obviously the FBI was there. So after he went inside and probably fell asleep, the FBI grabbed that, collected more DNA evidence and was able to match it to the crime scene. So this is pretty like, it's pretty clear it was him. But it's like you can't say it was him until you prove everything in court because everyone is entitled to a fair a fair trial, right? Which is the best option for all of us. You always, you never want to change that law. We're all entitled to a fair trial. However, the FBI has tons of evidence that lead to it being him. The case is tragic. And I am following it, but I noticed that I it makes me 10 times more paranoid that I am because of the stalking part of this case. He followed them on social media. He was going to the, their place of work. He obviously knew when they were going to be home. He, per the affidavit, affidavit, <laughs> he, he followed them. It's not funny, but I'm laughing at how stupid I am when I said it. He followed them through the glass sliding door. I mean, these are every girl's worst nightmare. This is the reason we don't want to go outside at night. This is the reason we check our car before we get in. This is the reason we make sure everything is locked. And, you know, this is the reason. And and it happened. And it's so incredibly tragic. I, it's so sad. But, but it is, you know, I mean, it's so, con- it's, I think it's helpful that they did catch him, but I'm sure it really doesn't heal anything because this is not, this was not um, a serial murderer as far as we know. This is not a serial killer. This is a fucking loser who was probably obsessed with this girl, allegedly, and didn't get his way or was fantasizing about something and fucking killed her and her friends because he probably didn't expect them to be there. Like, it just sounded like he was trying to take out the witnesses because there was no, um, I mean, I don't think so, but 
there was no sexual abuse involved. There was nothing like that from the affidavit stated, but obviously he was following her and had his reasons. I would love to know his reasons, but at the same time, it's like, do I? Because it's so tragic and it's so alarming and it just makes me jump a little extra. In addition, there are so many people saying the roommate was probably in on it because she, why didn't she call the fucking police? Okay, fucking shut up because this was not just her apartment. She didn't just live at home or live in her own apartment. This was a fucking college apartment where 27,000 people probably had the code to get in. And if you have ever lived in a metropolitan city or if you've, you're in New York City or if you just live in an apartment building, hearing screams and hearing your friends laughing or screaming or drama at all, you would realize like that's normal, especially in a college town after a big night, which it was, or after going to the bars, like this is all normal to hear, unfortunately. Screams weird noises, and then going back to minding your business is all very normal. Like for her to see a tall guy leave one of her friend's rooms with a mask on at whatever time it was and her not say anything about it is very fucking normal. She could have been high or drunk and just been like, oh, who the fuck did they let in here? I'll just deal with it tomorrow and went back to sleep. And then when she woke up, realized that that was the fucking killer. You think she knew that? Please, like, I think it's insane that people would even have the audacity to try to pin this on the other roommate for not calling the police sooner. First of all, I don't think it would have changed anything. This crime scene was so intense. Unfortunately, those people were already passed, okay? They they already transitioned. There was no saving them by an ambulance. And I think it's really fucking dangerous and really unfortunate to keep putting out videos like that of people's opinions, trying to make it like as if that would have changed something when you know the parents and the family of these people are on the internet looking at this shit. I mean, come on. It's not the fucking, the roommate has nothing to do with it. The only thing that should be said was, thank God he didn't even notice she was there or was too tired to go after her too, or realize that she has no fucking idea what she just looked at and he was able to get away. Like, that's really it. Also, she could have been putting her, She maybe she was aware that this was something intense and she was too scared to leave her room or maybe she didn't have her phone or maybe she wanted to see, okay, did he get in the car and drive away? Um, Am I able to call the police? Like, will something happen to me if I call the police? Will they get here in time? Like, if you've never experienced flight, fight, flight, or freeze. And if you're not one of the people who experience freeze, I don't think you would understand. I'm a freeze person, okay? I think there's times where I could be fight or flight, but I, most of the time, I'm a freeze person. Like, I start disassociating when I'm overwhelmed. I start disassociating when I'm too stressed. Like, if I'm scared, I stay still. I run or stay still, okay? I can see if I'm if I'm going to be empathetic enough to put myself in that position or try to picture myself in the same scenario, I could see myself going into my fucking closet at the bottom of the floor, hiding 
and waiting to see if he's coming back. Like I could see myself being freaked the fuck out. Maybe not for eight hours, but I don't think that was it. I think she just thought nothing of it. Like it was just another guy. I'm sure she's seen many people come in and out of the apartment without a word. And then she found out about it the next day. Like you reconvene in the morning or hours later, you reconvene in the afternoon and you get bagels and you unpack the night and you're like, oh my God, so who is that guy? Like, and then your friend is like, oh, that was just, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. You don't need to be in college to know that this is what 20 year olds do, especially if you have roommates and shit. Like, this is a typical thing. This is not out of reach for someone to be like, well, that was weird. And then go back to sleep because she was drunk or high. Like, come on. So trying to pin it on her as if she could have saved the fucking day is just insane. And she probably is going through so much right now of survivor's guilt and what she could have done and replaying it over and over again. And she'll probably never feel safe again. It could potentially mess up her college career. She also lost her fucking friends, okay? Like her friends just died. They didn't just die either. They died in a brutal fucking murder. And for people to be like, why didn't she? She must be in on it. Did anyone check if she talks to Brian? Are you sick? Like you gotta be sick. You got to be one of those people that's just like, and so internally misogynistic that you're forgetting that this was a man who fucking murdered these people and still you're finding a way to blame it on a woman. Like, oh my God, it pisses me off to no end. Okay, so rest in peace to those victims. Um, I will be following the story. I think on Thursday, they're back in court. I don't know if he's going to give a testimony or speak at all. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't followed too closely just because it's so incredibly disturbing and I'm paranoid as it is, okay? Super paranoid. Like I have a hard time. um, I mean, this is because of my my own life's journey, but I have a hard time doing certain things. I don't need extra fucking shit on my, you know what I mean? I'm as careful as I could be. It's like, I try not to fill my head with more things. And I also have been having nightmares. Like it's just very upsetting. And it's, it's, I, I guess I'm super sensitive as well. Like it just, it makes me not feel very good. And I think about how terrible the parents, like, I just can't even stomach it. So I, I'll try to find, I like the TikToks because it's, only a few seconds. It's not as deep as watching the whole trial. So I will be following up on Thursday to see, you know, and then we'll talk about it next week. But I, if he makes a testimony, I will be fucking watching that testimony. Okay. All right. Moving on. I have some notes here. What do I have? Oh, I covered all that. Okay. New Year's resolutions. We can get into the main focus. I know Hot Topics were so long. This is a long episode. You can go and come back and go and come back. But we have a lot to cap- catch up on. Um, And I won't apologize. <laughs> okay, New Year resolution. One of you asked me, what did she say? Hold on, let me pull it up. I thought it was a good question because I like addressing things like this. Um, how has working out been, that was her question, getting on a routine can be hard. 
Um, working out has been great for me. I haven't been in a couple weeks just because, okay, here's, here's the thing. I'm not putting pressure on myself as far as working out, dieting. I'm strictly working out, going to the gym because my fucking neurologist was like, bitch, (laughs) you better lift those weights now, girl. So I fear-based, like I kind of have to lift weights. I don't really have a choice, you know? And I even said to my neurologist, well, I have Cher and, you know, I do walk, I do, I walk a lot. I walk a lot. I lift her up. I have to carry her every day, by the way. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. I have to carry her every day. I lift her up. She's like 55 pounds now. (laughs) And she specifically said, I'm sorry, it's just not enough. I have parents who tell me the same thing. They have kids and blah, blah, blah. You need to lift weights. You need to be moving your muscles. So I have to, okay? Like, I'm scared to know why she says it so adamantly. I don't want to know, but that's why I go. As far as it being, like, on a schedule, um, I don't pressure myself in that way just because I've learned through the years. Now, if you don't know this about me, when I was, what was it, like, 23, 24? I don't know, early 20s. I was the fucking ultimate gym toxic diet culture, eating disorder, baddie that there was. (laughs) I dropped a ton of weight. I was going to the gym consistently. And I I did love the gym part. Like I love lifting weights. I love feeling strong. And a lot of it was an escape for me. A lot of it was therapy, right? Working out does make me feel better. It helps with depression, anxiety. But I would, it was that plus like trying to look a certain size. Um, so now as I'm back in the gym, I really love it. And I love reaching new levels of like, oh, I was able to lift this today. Like that feels really good, but I don't stress as far as, oh my God, I missed a day or, and I don't feel bad if I don't go. I just don't. And I used to, I used to feel real like, holy shit, that shit would eat me up. I would be in the gym 12 hours a week. Okay. And if I missed a day, I would feel so fucked up. And now I just, ah. Whatever. (laughs) I'll obviously go back because I pay for it, but it's okay. You know, like I don't, I don't really care. The routine part of it is like, it's fun to go. And if I can make it, I do. If I can't, okay, we'll try again tomorrow. That's it. So I don't feel any type of way. Like for me, this has been a lot easier than how it's been in the past. And I think it's because I took the pressure off of myself and I took the toxic, ideology out of it. I took the eating disorder out of it. Like this is strictly because I know that I have to. And, you know, I struggle with mental health issues and it really keeps me afloat. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like keeps me off the ledge because it creates um, natural endorphins. It also helps me sleep, right? So if I go at night, it helps me sleep. I have a hard time sleeping. Uh, I, I always did. And it that was part of it too. Like it helps me sleep at night. So as far as a routine and beating myself up, like I, I don't have a routine. I don't. I don't, have a, I don't have a gym routine at all. I go when I can make it. And, you know, I pay attention to how much I could lift and I pay attention to my workouts. But as far as the time of day I can go, the days of the week I can go, I just fit it in when I can and that's it. And there's no other pressure. I think it is hard to fit it into a schedule, but I think part of that is the guilt behind it. I think, um, you know, it's different for everyone, so I don't want to make it like it should be a certain way. But 
I think if you take the, like, nothing's going to happen when you miss a day. Like, you're going to be all right. It's okay. Like, th- these things are okay. We just went through the, ho- yeah, that's the other thing. Everyone goes back to the gym in January. January is a hard month to get started. It is. We're finishing up the prior year. We're putting fucking decorations away. We're getting back on track. It's a depressing month. It's cold. Although this January was very warm. Weird. It's beautiful out today. Um, It's just a weird month to start getting back on track. It's like you just spent weeks, you know, eating whatever, being with family, whether it was toxic or happy, you're sorting through the emotions, you're doing like a self-evaluation. It's so much shit focused around starting a new you in the new year that it's like a little bit too much stress. So I think it's, I think it's like a more complex time to start the gym. I understand why starting the gym in January is like helpful for people, but I don't suggest it. I think go back in February. I don't suggest starting in January. It's usually packed. It's packed with people who are new. And I think if you are starting the gym in January, I think you should go to a Planet Fitness. It's way more welcoming. Um, I used to go to a Planet Fitness, especially when I started, and I loved it. I love it till today. It's just there's not one near me, but I, lo- I loved Planet Fitness. I think it's way more inclusive. I think the machines are user-friendly. I think they have extra stuff there that makes it more comfortable. They're typically very clean. I think the workers are nicer. I think the people are nicer. I love it. I think there's more people that you'll see that you identify with versus being at a fucking equinox. <laughs> like, And then I think when you're more confident, say if you say if working out for whatever your reason is, is part of your goals, um... I would say start with Planet Fitness and then transition to something more upscale where you get your money's worth, where you feel more comfortable, you know your way around the machines. I do not think you should begin in a in a gym that's made for a certain class of people, whether it be bodybuilders or you know what I'm talking about. I don't think you should start there. I just don't. I think if you have a friend who's like going to Equinox every day and you guys have a great relationship and you went as a guest and it works better for you and it's close to you, I think you should. But do you know what I'm talking about? But those expensive gyms like in LA Fitness and stuff, if you're not used to working out and if this is your first time, that fucking anxiety of like, who's going to be there? What are they wearing? Are they looking at me? I don't know these machines is going to stop you from going. I think if you want to go, something that really, really helped me when I wanted to start going years ago, Planet Fitness, there was one by my job and there was one by my house. So you pay $20 and you can go to any location, right? So that I thought was great. I could always go. On top of it, the machines were user-friendly, which I didn't even realize until I went to a more complex gym. The machines are much easier to use and you could still get a great workout in. Like my body was in shape, girl, okay? I had a six pack, my I had toned legs. Like I looked very, very toned up. You can get a good workout in. And it's a, it's a different culture, I think. It's not just bodybuilders. It's not just skinny people. It's not just athletes. It's really just people who are working out because they probably need to for health reasons or they want to. They want to feel better. I find that they're usually pretty big too. Um, and they have a lot of locations. They also had one by my mom. So at the time when I would stay at my mom's a lot all the way in Long Island, 
there was one by her house. Like, it was just so much more convenient for me to go to um, a Planet Fitness. I think it's a great gym. And they also have little candies in the front. <laughs> in case you're, in case your fucking sugar's dropping, they have little candies in the front. They have pizza, which I loved. I never ate the pizza because I'm kind of weird about eating public foods, like with people breathing on stuff. Like, I'm weird about food. But it's just an invite. It's more, it's a more inviting culture. And also, I recommend a uniform. So if you're new into working out and you are struggling, I think that get a uniform. Like I told you guys, double XL t-shirts, have it cover you completely, go down to your butt, cover up your butt, pick a legging that you feel comfy in, that you don't have to pick out of your fucking camel toe and shit. Pick a good legging. I personally love the airy leggings with the pocket because while you're working out, you could put your AirPods in, your headphones in, put it in your pocket, and you don't have to worry about putting your phone down, leaving your phone somewhere. On the other pocket, you could put your key if you have, if you're using the lockers, like the pockets are good, so that way your hands are free. And you buy, if you say you want to go to the gym starting three days a week, get three uniforms. Say you want to go five days a week, get five uniforms. Five. That way it's never like, oh, I, I don't have my shirt. Like take, and it's cheap. It's, I, listen, you can go thrift big t-shirts. If you, if you don't have the money to buy all new, go thrift, um, you can go thrift big t-shirts. And if you don't, if you feel like you don't need a big t-shirt, you can go thrift t-shirts, have everything washed, um, thrift some sweatpants that you feel comfy in. You can thrift all these things. Like you can get it for a dollar. Okay. We can, we can get it done. I'm very resourceful. We can get this done. Wash everything, have it ready for the week. That way you don't have to think about it. Having a uniform is just, oh my God, ideal, especially if you need to stay in routine. You pack your gym bag the night before, you have your lock ready, make sure you have a gym lock, get all your things. And that way you don't really have an excuse. You get to the gym and you change and you work out. And if you don't have to worry about what you're wearing to the gym, you will show up and feel confident, especially if you're covered. Something that always made me feel safe and confident was being covered. Even at my skinniest, it really didn't have to do with um, my size. It was more so being perceived and being in blanketed clothes, like oversized or baggy or black made me feel better and made me feel like I can work out while also pretending to be invisible and not have anyone approach me and not be perceived or stared at in any way. I think it really helps. So if you're trying to get into it and say if you didn't start the gym yet and it's January and you feel like shit, listen, January is not the month to start, babe. Start with something else. (laughs) Start something else, okay? Start building your uniform. Start building your gym bag. Start start researching where you even want to go to the gym. Start researching the the gym's closest to you. How is the parking? How is the commute from your job to the gym? How is the commute from your house to the gym? How many locations do they have? Look up all the details, prepare. You could use this time if you didn't start yet, preparing your schedule of how you're going to fit it in and then start a little bit later because January is a messy month at the fucking gym, okay? It's new people. It's, oh my God, machines are going to be broken. Like, it's just not the best month. So don't beat yourself up. Get a uniform together. Go thrifting if you don't want to spend the money. Order on Amazon. I have on my Amazon storefront. Um, do I have I have a gym I have a gym clothes list. I also have my reorders. 
I also have my New Year refresh where I have the t-shirts on there. I always share the link of the leggings on my Instagram, the Airy Leggings. You can always DM me and ask for what it is. I'll send it to you. But check out my Amazon store for you. Probably, you'll probably find all my gym stuff. The gym lock, the t-shirts, leggings that are comparable to Airy. By the way, I ordered a new pair of leggings. I got to try them on later. They look like they're Airy Leggings, uh, but they're on Amazon. They're literally sitting on my dresser. I got to try them on later. So if they're good, I'll tell you about it. I think that's what you should do. Don't start beating yourself up about the gym and the diets. Stop. Don't put all the pressure. It's going to be, you'll get it done. Um, okay, moving on. New Year's resolutions. Do I have one? Hold on, I gotta take a sip. We've been recording a long time. Have I? It might be an hour and a half. Let me look. Yeah, one o'clock. I texted my mom. If you call, I'm recording. So I think I've been recording an hour and a half. Oh, well, I think it's gonna be a two hour episode. Okay. I don't have a, do I have a resolution? Yes, kind of. My personal, what I want to do this year is um, practice my faith. I'm not Catholic or Christian or I don't follow those religions, but I am very spiritual. And when I think of God, I don't think of like Jesus. That's not where my head goes when I think of God. I think God is something we all have and and a higher and a higher place in our heart and i think god is just a very easy way to label it and it's a very easy way to pray almost like creating your own meaning of the word and i respect that a lot so if i'm praying to god or thank god i'm thinking you know whatever higher power that i feel is connected to me and my life. It's like a big respect for my life and what's been given to me and what I should be grateful for. It's very hard to identify. And it took me a long time to put that together. I couldn't decide on a religion since I was little. I couldn't decide what I believed in. I didn't know what, what made sense to me. And through the years, this is what has made sense to me. And I used to pray every day. I used to pray all day. I used to pray definitely twice a day when I woke up and when I went to sleep. And then throughout the day, it helped me a lot with my anxiety and it helped me a lot when I had to navigate being diagnosed and being very sick and being in the hospital. Like it helped me navigate that a lot. It kept me, you know, it kept me out of a dark place. And then I stuck with it and I felt like I benefited a lot from it. Um, It helped me with everything. And then I don't know, in the past like two years, I kind of stopped praying and not that I don't believe in my faith anymore or if I questioned it it's just I I don't know you know do I've been talking about this with my friends do you ever do anything so much and then you stop and then you're like why did I stop doing that I do with a lot of stuff like there's makeup stuff there's makeup stuff I used to use all the time sorry I'm taking so much air there's like products that were like my all-time favorites and then I stopped using them and then I'm like wait where did that go why did I stop Like why, you know what I mean? Like things just come up and life takes turns and then something will throw you out of routine or throw you out of what you are used to doing. And then you have to work at it. And I think that's what I stopped doing. I stopped, I stopped prioritizing it and I fell away from it 
And I think that um, made a negative impact on me. So I'm making it more of a priority to pray, to do my daily practices. I used to write down what I'm grateful for every day. I used to go down a list in my, I did this for years, go down what I'm grateful for every day in my head. I would pray every day. I would do little personal practices for, um, this sounds so cliche, but just like for positive energy, (laughs) like I was low key, one of those positive, like, oh my God, spirit numbers and like daily affirmations. I'm low-key one of those people. I don't think I have to like shove it down anyone's throat. And I think some of the cliche bullshit just really made it so corny. But the idea of it is very, very real. And it's very true. I do and always believed what you think about, what you talk about is what you bring. And I don't know. I just, I moved away from that. And that's what I'm really trying to do. So far, it's great. And, um... That's what that's my main priority for the year. I have I obviously have goals and there's things I want to accomplish and change and blah blah blah. But my main priority, my number one, top of my list is um sticking to my spiritual beliefs and practicing and getting back into that rhythm of doing it every day because it already it's only been a week. It's January 9th. I already feel so much better. It feels like having, I don't know, you know, I think when you don't have a lot of family, it's hard to feel safe anywhere or it's hard to feel confident or stable. Like, I don't know what the word is, but when you don't have a lot of family or friends, you kind of, you can get into this feeling of like when you're, when you're that type of person, like a lone wolf, (laughs) I don't have a lot of family and I don't have a lot of friends. I don't have like a fucking team behind me, you know, and it's hard to feel confident in complicated spaces. But when I practice my faith and my spirituality, I do feel that way. I do feel a little bit more protected from myself. It gives me self-confidence. I don't feel like there's like, you know, but it gives me a lot more self-confidence of, oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that this makes me feel better. This makes me feel confident. This keeps me holding on. And it reminds me of, that's probably why too, I used it in such negative times that when you get out of those negative moments, you almost like don't want to talk about anything that ever happened. And sometimes the good goes with that. And I'm finding the balance of, okay, we don't need to get rid of everything. You could still keep parts of, it's like part of healing. You can still keep parts of you where those things did serve you, right? So that's my number one resolution. Um, a lot of you, a lot of you wrote in that you're not allowing toxic, toxic people into your life anymore, which I fully recommend. You're not allowing your own negative behaviors. It's kind of, it's pretty much all the same stuff. You know, we want to change the toxic parts and make them good parts and focus on that. Um, I do recommend a vision board. I've always had a vision board. I've talked to you guys about this in the past. If you've been following me for a long time. You might remember, I, I make vision boards. I make them every few years. You can make them every year. You can make them every month if you want. I made one when I was 20. A lot of that shit came true. I made a new one. I think it was 2021. And some of it came true with some of it. Like I wasn't, I don't know. I need to do another. 
I need to throw that board out. I just don't, I'm scared to throw out vision boards, but the vision boards are very real. Okay. A lot of shit came true on my vision board. It's scary. I wanted to make a new visual one. I might update my old one because that one has stuff on it that like, I didn't even mean, like, I don't think I was in a headspace to do it. I take it very seriously. I think you need to be in a positive headspace. I think doing it with your friends is a bad idea, personally. I think you got to do it alone because a lot of intention goes into it. And you kind of don't want to show other people your vision board personally. I don't think you should show anyone your vision board. Um, I think it's very personal. I think you should do it alone. And I think you should do it with a plan. And I think you should do it in a positive headspace. So again, you don't need to do it in January. Don't rush into it. Get pictures of stuff that you want. Try to get as specific as possible. You could do short term. You could do, okay, this is for the next three years. You could do forever. And you could do, I don't care when it happens, but as long as it does happen, you could do a 10-year plan. There's so many options, but I recommend really shopping your life. Look around, think about what you want, put a date on it. And it doesn't have to be like close, but just so you could shop easier. Like, okay, what do I want in the next five years? Get the supplies and then do it on a night where you feel good, where you are in a good headspace and do it with a lot of intention. Don't be doing it and you're like, oh, this will never fucking happen. Don't do that because then it won't. You made it for nothing. You got to do it with positive intention, with a clear head. Don't do with people around where you're distracted drinking wine. I mean, that's cute and everything, but it's like, do that for fun, but then go home and do a real one, okay? <laughs> go home and do a real one. You also don't want anyone else's eyes on your vision board. I don't send nobody my vision board. I made an elect- I made a digital one this year just because like my room's already a fucking mess. <laughs> like I, just, I got too many spinning plates. I don't have time to be cutting pictures and whatever right now. I made one on my phone and I made it my wallpaper and I see it every day, whether consciously or subconsciously. I can update it when I want to. I can add stuff. I also made a Pinterest board that's private and I add stuff to it when I think of new things and I tr- I make sure I look at it every day and I remind myself of it by rewriting my affirmations and my what I'm grateful for. So there's different ways you could do it. You don't need an actual board. It's also like, do you really want that on the wall? I mean, I used to, but now I have this beautiful room that I'm like, I don't really, I'm redecorating. Like, I don't want that on my fucking wall. But you should have it in your line of vision. You should hang up, hang it up somewhere that you want it. You could also do a very aesthetic one. I'm going to be hanging up pictures um, in my room that kind of would be on a vision board, but in a different way, like uh, a gallery wall, kind of. But something that doesn't look like I cut out papers and glued them on a board. Or you could have a vision vision board out all the time and you put it away when you have guests. Like there's so many ways that you could do it. I just recommend keeping it private, not posting it ever. It's private to you. Think of it as like a journal and um, really do it with positive intention. Okay. How do I segue into the next stuff? What did I write here? Sometimes my handwriting is so bad. Oh yeah, I told you about that. I'm reading my little list here. Um, I did that one. Hold on. Oh, this is what I wanted to do. I want to get into the 2023, my predictions. Okay, I'll do this one fast because I'm not going to elaborate. You can write in 
if you wanted to elaborate on any. But I'm not going to, I'm just going to, we're going to finish this episode with me firing off all the predictions and you let me know what you think. These are not in any order, by the way. I think I was just writing them down in the last few weeks without, um, you know what I mean? They're not in order. I have them in my notes app. I was just writing them down as I go. I might have some more, but we're already in 2023. So it's like too late now. So these were all written before January 1st. Okay. Uh, And let me know if you want me to post the list. No, I guess not. I could just say it here and then I'll post when something happens. Okay. Number one, I'm not going to number them all, but I'm starting now. More people will go back to work because they genuinely miss it. Plus, I think the economy will require more people to go back to work. I think people who like say influencers, I think that there was a surge in influencers and now I think they're realizing it's not really for them and they'll go back to work. I don't think it's just because of failed influencers. The influencer economy will only grow. All the marketing will switch to that. Like it's still going to grow, but I think people will realize it's not for them. It's a lot more work than they thought it was going to be. It's not difficult. It's just more time consuming. It's more tedious and you have to be really shameful to make a career out of it. I mean, shameless to make a career out of it. And I think a lot of people will find out that they don't have the gall for that. And they will go back to work. I think people will miss going to an office and seeing people. And I think the hybrid work space will grow. I don't think we'll ever be back to, I think some offices will, but I think the dynamic of a work office will change. I think, okay, my next one, more financial literacy. I think more and more people will be more financially literate and good at finances. Um, I think the people who push weight loss and too much diet culture will not receive the accolades that they used to. I think that when people are posting that they lost weight and all of these like, oh, I'm on a diet, I don't think that's going to get the feedback that they used to get. I think that that whole culture of losing weight and that type of stuff, I don't think it's going to be the way it used to. I think there'll be a niche for it. I think there's people who will appreciate it, but I think it will get more uncomfortable to share weight loss stuff. Um, I think there's going to be more single women. In addition to more single women, I think more women are going to start co-parenting with other women instead of trying to co-parent with men. Not in a a lesbian way, even though I think that will happen as well. It's already started. But I think women are figuring out that co-parenting with men is just not what they were told it was going to be. And that finding someone who's going to be a great husband and a good dad is very rare. And I think more people are figuring that out and they're either not going to have kids or they're going to co-parent with friends. I think we'll see more platonic friendships building in their own family versus men and women building their own family. Like the fairy tale is dead. Um, Cancel culture, canceling back, which already came true. Lizzo posted a TikTok and that went viral and it made headlines about that cancel culture is complete bullshit. And I have to agree. I think cancel culture served its purpose for some things, but ultimately it's extremely toxic and it's just not doing what it was supposed to do anymore. Oh, this one. Let me know what you think. The left and the 
the extreme, the, hold on, extreme leftists and extreme rightists, rightists? <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Let me take a sip. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Extreme conservatives and extreme Democrats will find themselves working their way towards the middle. Now, you know, I don't discuss politics here, but this is more like just people in general. I think that a lot of the people who are extreme on both sides will realize that that was kind of just like a coping mechanism for dealing with something that was so stressful. And as truths get revealed and things don't work out the way they planned, I think they'll start finding that maybe it was a little bit too extreme and find their way back towards the middle and hopefully applying more critical thinking skills. Um, yes. A great example of this is Christian Walker. If you know who that is, he was like an extreme conservative and recently he started speaking on his opinion about how a lot of other conservatives are very hypocritical and he doesn't appreciate it. And every day in his comments, people are like, he's one step away from blue. He's one step away from blue. I don't think he'll be a Democrat. I think his point is don't be a hypocrite and he's tired of it. And I think he was abused by his own dad and he's just tired of it. Being in the conservative community, he saw so many people just completely lying that he's tired of. He, he was he just wants to call them out because he doesn't he doesn't like it, period. Um, I think more of that will happen. He's just the loudest voice at the, at this moment. I think my next one is older influencers being more relevant 30 plus. Um, yeah, I think that Alex Earl is just, she's not, I don't think she's going to speak for the future. I think that she, well, yes and no. She, that whole, like, I meant to say that earlier. Fuck. I left that part out orchestrated editing and like overproducing TikTok and Instagram content and shooting just to like, let's go take pictures. All that is going to die out. I think more real life in the moment, looking like shit, looking regular, not trying will be the number one. And I think people will find influencers who are young, less credible and look towards people who actually have things to provide and knowledge and and more comfortable looking at a woman in her 30s sharing her views versus a little 22-year-old who is just, you know, way too new to life to offer any type of advice. I think that's going to change a lot. Um, I think rich influencers being more relevant and, and flaunting wealth, I think that will start being very off-putting which I did kind of discuss earlier about Alex Earl. She's rich and there's nothing she could do about it. She would have to detach from her family. It seems like she's very involved with her family. But I think people flaunting wealth will die off. I don't think it's going to hit the same. Um, I think it's got its last wave right now, but I think that's going to change. I don't think it's like like designer bags are going to be tacky. Designer anything's going to be tacky. I think all that shit will fade and we'll start entering a more like, not grunge, but more like left. let's thrift instead. Let's... Let's buy used. Let's buy local designers. Let's buy designers that we believe in. Like, let's support our friends. I think it's going to become more organic and more 
more thought. Like consumerism will will start to change into like where are we spending our money, especially after after the Balenciaga scandal. I think there people are going to stop supporting um, celebrity brands as much, and maybe they'll support small businesses more. We saw a lot of that over the pandemic over the last couple of years, but I think now it's going to reach an all time high where flaunting wealth in any way and trying to keep up with the Joneses and stuff, I think that will fade away. Maybe not forever, but I that's just what I think. Um, this one is more specific. The Met will be forced to invite us in as viewers, meaning phones will be allowed, but possibly in an artistic way, meaning maybe they'll have a theme of like photography. Theme. You know, there's always a theme. Maybe they'll have they'll have to do something where we're allowed to see what happens inside the Met Gala because it's probably not getting as much press as it used to and it's not as special and it's because it's seen as like, oh, we're not what we're not good enough to see what's in there and they'll be forced to kind of humble themselves and let us in and make us feel invited to it. Uh, the next one I had is Meg will be, Meg will be vindicated and she was and she was which is great. I think Johnny Depp will be in a big film. I think it's possible he might go on Joe Rogan. And I think when he does go on Joe Rogan, it won't be the best feedback. I don't think that's a good place for him, but I think he might do it anyway. I think Amber Heard will have a podcast. I think she might go on Call Her Daddy. And I think more people will... I think she'll be just as polarizing. I think that will be 50-50. I think 50% of people will be like, oh, wait, maybe we should hear her out. And then I think 50% of people will be like, fuck her. <laughs> With the Italian-American, like, fuck her. She's a hoa. Like, I think that's what it's going to be, like, 50-50. Um, influencer boundaries and regulations. I think sharenting and mommy blogging, I think that will be forced to be more regulated because sharing your kids online, if you don't have a private account, like, with just family, is a big no-no. And I think we're going to see that it's going to, I think we're going to see that they have to change it and it's not a good thing. And I think they'll be shamed more and more. Um, What's the next one? Oh, more color and less minimalism. I think minimalism is going to see its way out and we'll see more maximalism or at least more theming, like in a better way though, not the tacky shit we used to have. Some of the ugly stuff will just stay out, but like the minimalism will die out. The farmhouse is done. Farmhouse aesthetic is done. And I think we'll see more color into home decor, more thrifted, more antique, um, more open relationships and polyamorous relationships. I think that the internet and the conversations around sexuality and relationship standards are going to start you know, it's going to bleed over into other places because more people have the comfort to find what works for them, especially because of social media and the internet. I think they'll be more comfortable expressing what they want and open relationships and polyamorous relationships will be more, no like you might start talking to people or you might start meeting new people, especially if you're young in your 20s. You might start meeting new people and they're they're in an open relationship or they're in a poly relationship more than when we were young in our 20s. I'm talking about like 30-year-olds where that was like really rare to hear. 
I think that there'll be less huge weddings. You know how weddings now, it's like you got to make the TikTok and like the everyone tries to get the same hairstyles and the makeup. I think that's going to die out. I think the big elaborate weddings, I think right now we're seeing a rush of leftover from the pandemic pushed back tons of weddings. But I think towards the end of this year, we'll see less. Like once that pushback, once the reschedules are over, I think there'll be less because of the economy. And I think people realize that it's not really worth the money. And like I said, I think there'll be more financial literacy when it comes to everything. I think people will realize like it's really not worth the money. And they could just do a photo shoot instead of having the whole wedding. You might still see pictures and stuff, but I don't think there'll be a party the way people are doing the party with like the fireworks and the and the big ordeal. I think there'll be less and less of that. And the more, there'll still be weddings, I think, but I think it will be smaller and more intimate and actually fun and like less money spent and more memories made, like things like that. And I also think bridal parties, completely going to change. I think that's coming to the surface of how toxic that is. And I also think people in general will stop giving to weddings and being in bridal party. I think it's going to be hard to find people to put in your bridal party because people won't want to do it, especially in this economy. I think they'll be like, no, <laughs> like no fucking way. Um, I think Rihanna's half, this is coming up. I think Rihanna's halftime show is not going to be the fucking extravagant performance that we expect from her. I went to Rihanna's Diamond World Tour and I think I had like floor seat. We had close seats. Um, It was fantastic. I don't think the halftime show is going to be that good. I don't. I think it's going to be very like, what? Like, what the fuck was that? But I do think everyone will be dressed in her Savage X Fenty. Um, everyone's going to be in Savage X Fenty, but I don't think the performance are going to meet standards. There might be a new song. She might release a new song in the halftime show, but I don't think it's going to, I think we'll, we're going to be like, oh, wow. <laughs> I think we'll see more alien sightings and UFO sightings. I have nothing to elaborate on that. I just think we will. I think that more dog mom and dog parent fr- friendly spaces. I Hold on. I worded that wrong. I think there'll be more dog mom and dog friendly spaces meaning location, like more things will allow dogs as long as they're not like um, untrained. And I think more things will be made for dog parents, better strollers, more things for big dogs because so many people adopted big dogs. I think there'll be so more, more um, pet uh, luxury brands or just pet brands in general, clothes, collars, harnesses, more things for their safety, more camera options for their safety. I think there'll be more dog hotels, uh, dog sitters, more, just more things to make living with a dog more comfortable for people, just like they used to do for new moms. I think that's going to happen for more dog parents because leading into my next one, I think less people are going to want to have kids. Um, I think more people are going to adopt pets versus kids just because there's so much information now on the truth about having kids, the truth about pregnancy. I don't know about you. We can make, let me know. Do you want, hold on. 
do you want a whole episode about like parenting? Not in a disrespectful way, because I know that's happening too. I don't mean, not an episode shaming parents, but growing up as a woman, experiencing the pressure, experiencing the shame around not wanting to have kids all the way to today where it's way more acceptable. And yeah, do you want to do an episode? I would love to do an episode on that. Um, Mom episode. I would love to do an episode on that. So let me know if you want that. Anyway, I think more people will be more comfortable, like, whereas they used to be like, I don't know, I'm still thinking about it. I think they're going to come out and be like, no, (laughs) no, just based on what they learned, just based on what they learned over the last couple years. And the world's current events, like, it just seems very challenging to bring a child into this world. Um, Oh, is that my last one? Oh, no, I have two more. I think the New York housing will change. I think that the how New York housing lottery will limit their entries to only people who have been residents in New York for 10 or more years, like native New Yorkers. I think it will switch to just native New Yorkers. Um, and I think transplants will be less welcome just because I think the gentrification and the raise in rent will, it's just, it's just too much now. And people who are actually born and raised here can't get a fucking apartment, can't buy a home. I think all that will switch for New York specifically. I think more people will end up renting in Staten Island and then the rent will go up here. Um, and I think more people will end up renting on the areas surrounding New York as far as Bayonne. I think they'll rent more in Jersey. I think more things like that will happen. Um, I think, is it annoying that I keep saying I think? I'm almost done. There will be viral video regulations. I think that, I don't know what else to say besides I think. There will be a case where somebody goes viral and they'll be able to sue because that viral video was posted against their will and knowledge and it affected their life in a negative way. There'll be more regulations, meaning if you have a, say, okay, I'm an influencer, right? I have a public platform where people follow me. If I post a reel of someone without their knowledge laughing at them and it goes viral and they somehow experience the backlash of that, I would have to deal with the consequences. Like, do you know what I mean? I I would not be allowed to do that, basically. I think that will come up more, more regulations around just posting viral videos without so much knowledge or making fun of them. I don't think we're going to be allowed to do that anymore. Just because it's like insane. Do you ever see the videos where people are like, oh my God, like you, you ever look on IG stories and someone's like, oh my God, this person, look at what she's wearing. I don't think you're going to be allowed to do that anymore. I don't think you should. I hate when people do that, but... I don't think we're going to be allowed to, especially if it goes viral. Um, My last one is I think Meghan Markle will be in a scandal and a possible divorce from Harry. Not a scandal where like something bad will happen to her, but I think something will come out where she may have been a tiny bit toxic while she was in the royal family. Not because I don't agree with her. I think I already told you guys my thoughts on her. I think it's... um. I like her. I think it's that she did something 
to protect herself. And then it's going to be spun in the media that she did something to hurt the royal family. And that won't be the truth. The truth will be like, she did it to protect herself. And they're going to spin it to make it negative towards her. And there'll be a scandal. And Harry will have a hard time believing it. And they might break up. (laughs) That's a lot for one year. But I think it's possible. And even if they don't break up, I think that she'll still be in a scandal. Um, Okay, do I have questions for you before we finish? Because I'm done now. Yes, I wanted one of the questions to be on the next episode. Do you want to talk about the shame around choosing to not be a parent? That's a topic I want to do. I also wanted to know, do you guys want to know more about influencer career and social media, internet careers? Um, Another topic I want to do is, do you want to play Am I the Asshole? Basically, you send in submissions of Am I the Asshole? You read it and I tell you if I think you're the asshole or not. And what was my last question? Oh, that was it. Okay. This was a long episode. I hope it was bearable. Please forgive me because I feel very out of practice, but I did the best I could. And let me know your thoughts. I hope you listen to the whole thing. If you listen to this whole thing, 10 gold motherfucking stars, let me know if you listen to it because I need to thank you. I need to like send you something. I need to, I need to know. I need to know because you deserve a medal. You deserve a prize for listening to this entire episode. Um, I'm going to go eat, take my hair out of the rollers, finish cleaning, and whatever, and get this up right away because I want this out right away. I usually post on Wednesdays now, but this is going to go up immediately. Okay, guys. Um, Thank you so much. Stay well, and I love you.